very exciting. Steve Bloom is joining me today. Uh, if you don't know Steve, then <laughs> you haven't watched TV or played a video game uh, in the past. But uh, Steve is heading to Emerald City Comic Con this weekend. I'm excited to come see some stuff. I'm going to my, this will be my first ever Comic Con experience actually this weekend. Oh, wow. Gird your loins, dude. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, Steve, how does it feel to to be going back into cons and and what is your history with with cons in Seattle? To be honest, it's really weird for me to get back on the con circuit. I was doing 25 to 30 cons a year before the apocalypse. And this is only my second one back. So, uh it's it's cool. I'm really excited to go and hang with everybody in real life. Uh but I just recently moved to Hawaii, so it's it's uh logistically a little bit harder for me right. to get out and about um but but seattle is a great destination it's not that far for me and uh emerald city has been a great experience in the past i i have friends there and i love the city so i'm looking forward to it yeah it's going to be great a lot of people are excited so you you mentioned this is only your second con back has your your mindset about cons or just kind of what you thought about cons changed throughout the pandemic and getting back into going out to, to visiting with people? It's not so much related to fear or anything like that. Right now, I think it's more that I'm in a different stage in my life. I've been working from home for almost two years mm -hmm. and I kind of like it. I kind of right. like being at home. It's really hard for me to right. get out and travel. And again, uh, having moved to this place, which in my mind is paradise, it's it's hard for me to leave to do anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, that part has been a little bit of an adjustment for me to to get back in the mindset of getting out there uh, and, and actually doing this with real humans. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's been two years, basically. I mean, it's crazy. So much changes and so much is different. And like you said, working from home and especially voiceover, if you can set up, it's a pretty good gig to, to be able to do stuff from home, especially like you said, in Hawaii, unfortunately, not really sunny here in Seattle this weekend, I don't think for you. Yeah, but that's OK. I mean, we, we actually live in an area of Hawaii that's that's pretty rainy and cool anyway. We're in what they call the wet side. And uh, so it, it'll be pretty similar, except probably 30 degrees colder. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, Steve, one of your biggest roles and, and one that's become, you know, resurgence in popularity is, is Cowboy Bebop is Spike, uh, of course, my favorite uh, role that, that you've played. Why is Cowboy Bebop so popular? What, what, what do you think makes it so special and so unique to, to get the not only this resurgence in popularity, but, but the live action treatment? We've been talking about that quite a bit uh, amongst the original cast and it really boils down to uh, a perfect storm of awesome elements, really. Uh, it's it's timeless because of its content. Um, it it has so many nods to American culture, if there is such a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the soundtrack was its own character in the show. Uh, astonishingly good music throughout that show. I still listen to it in my car. Mm -hmm. uh, the writing was amazing. Um, and I think people are relating to it, especially now, because these are really flawed characters. It's a really dysfunctional family, and so many of us experience that in our real life. And it kind of, I think it kind of makes people feel okay that uh, our life doesn't seem normal, because mm -hmm. there is no such thing anymore. So um, I think that's why it just continues to resonate, because I think those feelings have always been there for people. And um, this is just a, an avenue of escape for them and relatability for them. 
And uh, for the diehard fans who have been watching this for so many years and were kind of crapping all over the, the new live action thing, I really do hope they give it a chance. I've been watching it and I really enjoy it. It's a different take on things. There are some similarities. There's certain, certainly a lot of respect uh, paid toward the original in this incarnation of it. But I, I hope it has a long life, and I hope they give me a cameo at some point, frankly. <laughs> well, they got to give you a cameo at some point because, because I mean, Spike is is at the at the, the top. I mean, some people are you know say that uh, it's one of the few animes. I feel like people say you got to watch the the dubbed version over the the subbed version. Your your performance is so iconic. So I have to ask. He's he's so cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Is there an art to being cool and, and acting cool like Spike does? <laughs> uh, for me, that was kind of a salvation because I never was that guy. I never was cool. Mm -hmm. I was overweight and bullied and insecure and uh, had social anxiety. I, I Spike was really just a, an escape for me, honestly. It was uh, the way he carried himself in life, other than the fact that he's so sad and messed up. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that essence of cool was what I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be that confident in life. And that character helped me to find that place inside myself. And uh, in in that process of discovery, that didn't happen until I was 40 years old. I didn't voice Spike till I was almost 40 years old. Uh, in that process of discovery, it helped me realize that everybody's got that ability to be who they want to be or be who they, they see themselves as being if they put enough attention to it and enough time to it. And uh, I'm teaching now, and that's one of the first things I work on with my students is, is tools to build their confidence. I think that's, that's one of the things that is one of the most vital survival tools in life. Mm -hmm. Do you think that people can kind of build those, con they, they get that confidence and they can build that in these characters from, from uh, animation? Because I was talking to, to Janet Varney yesterday and I was just, in my life, video game characters and characters from from animated TV shows have had bigger impacts than honestly the the people I've seen in person. Maybe other than athletes or something. What what about animation makes it so easy for for audiences to resonate and to latch onto these characters that they love, like like Spike, uh, you know, for example. That's a really deep question, and I honestly don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I think uh, a psychologist might have a better clue as to to why, but. For me personally, just uh, I have trouble relating to some people sometimes because people can really be disappointing. Mm -hmm. And with uh, animated characters, I feel like it's you let a little bit of that go. And I think uh, we allow ourselves to just um, release ourselves of our attachment to reality for a little bit and open ourselves up to possibility. And uh, And maybe that's why animation and video games do resonate with people because it does allow us to escape into something different and see ourselves as something uh, bigger than we are or that we are in a bigger place than we would have realized before. Yeah, and I think you can see yourself in these characters that are in situations that you more relate to. Sometimes I feel like when you're watching a, a movie or anything, nothing to take away. There's always great performances, but it's an actor playing this person, and you, they they're going through the struggle. But then when the when when it turns off, they're going back to you know being in in Hollywood and things like that. But when you're connected to a character like Spike, you're on the ship with him. You're in those moments of sadness, those moments of loneliness, and I think that's what makes animation and, and you know 
those performances so impactful, like, like Spike. And one of the things too, I'm so glad that anime is becoming more popular and the stories are being told. And uh, your, your, your profile picture here says it all. How important was Tom and Toonami, but, but honestly, Tom, in bringing anime to the United States? I think, uh, well, Adult Swim and uh, originally Cartoon Network did a, a great service to the fandom by bringing this to the United States in a palatable form and an approachable form. So back in the day when we started recording anime, it was like 85 bucks an episode, if you can find it on VHS. Mm -hmm. And it was a very small group of people that watched it in the dark, sort of like D and D it was, it was almost a forbidden, uh, love interest. Right. <laughs> and, uh, by putting it on the air in the way that they did with Toonami, it, it really made it approachable for a completely different global audience at the time. And, uh, we also started getting better at the dubs, thank God, because back in the day, they were pretty pretty uh, sketchy. Mm -hmm. And we were all learning how to do it, and we didn't really have the technology that we do now to make the dubs better. So we just had to be really, really good, skilled craftspeople to, to pull it off. And that pool of talent really wasn't very well-developed back in those days. So now there are a lot of people who can do it. it, it it's... it's uh, uh, I think people are getting used to doing this kind of work, and especially with companies like Funimation coming up and doing great dubs now, uh, it it has sustained anime when a lot of people were kind of worried that it was going to go away uh, in in dubbed form, uh, especially in the United States. And and I'm so grateful that Toonami has continued and let me you know fill those metal boots of Tom for so many years, uh, bringing this to new audiences over and over again and generation after generation it's it's really an honor to be part of this but back then it was just a grand experiment we had no idea if anybody would latch onto it i had my life threatened by the suburbs versus dubbers back in the day because they thought we were ruining the art form so uh i, I didn't know if this was going to click and i didn't know for many many years also until i really started getting into the con circuit that is yeah i mean the the, the sub versus dub that that it can be a whole different thing but it's so great to see the art form being able to be enjoyed and expressed for by by tons of audiences because it's I, I'm glad that there that both exist honestly when it comes to anime and, and that we get the choice. Our time is just about up. You mentioned you're a teacher, uh, Steve. Uh, what what advice would you have for people that want to get started in, in voiceover and voice acting? Maybe like a certain person that's interviewing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I've been asked this question for so many years that I, I had to start teaching. I didn't want to. I just had to. And every moment at a convention became a teaching moment. So uh, several years ago, my business partner, Trina, and I put together this company called Bloombox Studios. And we decided that we were going to make something available online that was legit and done by people who actually do this work every day. And uh, where people could jump in from anywhere in the world, they aren't going to be limited to uh, being in one of the big cities, which is the way it used to be for all of us. Um, so we tried to uh, set a new pl platform out there that uh, you can really jump in at any time and and uh, start learning the, the basic principles of this. But then also, once you get up to speed, we've got the top people in the industry every month coming in and sharing their experiences in real time, and you can talk to them in real time. So my my first answer to your question is go to bloomvoxstudios.com uh it's the the website is free to to visit there's a lot of there's a free master class it's an hour long master class we have a facebook community group if you're not ready to commit to classes 
go to the Bloomvox Studios Facebook community. Uh, check that out. There's also an unofficial Discord that uh, is over a thousand people strong now, and they have free workshops in there. And uh, it's all people who have been interested or worked with us at Bloombox Studios. And uh, it's, it's a really great resource so you can get off on the right foot and not get taken advantage of by all the predators out there because this is the entertainment business. I have it pulled up right now. I'm going to check it out immediately. But, but Steve, you've been so gracious uh, with your time. Just if I can, anything you'd like to promote coming up or for where people can find you at the con this weekend? Uh, I, I don't even know my own schedule, honestly. I, I don't know until I get there. I understand there was a little snafu in the schedule, and they thought that I was going to be coming uh, today, but my flight doesn't leave till tonight, so I'm not coming in until 6.30 tomorrow morning. So I start signing at 11 a.m., I believe, tomorrow morning, your time. And uh, then if you guys want to find me on the socials, I'm at Bloomspew, B-L-U-M-S-P-E-W, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook under my name or under Bloomvox Studios. And please do check out bloomvoxstudios.com. We're, we're cooking up some really amazing stuff in there. 